Persevering Peter. That's the title of my homily this afternoon. Persevering Peter. It's a good theme, I think, on the day before we have to persevere through a hurricane. Now, when we think of Peter, and here I'm talking specifically about Peter before the resurrection. In other words, the Peter we encounter during the earthly ministry of Jesus. When we think of that Peter, perseverance is probably not the first word that comes to mind. Some words that do come to mind when describing that Peter, the Peter of our Lord's ministry, at least they come to my mind, are words like impulsive, weak, erratic, inconsistent, impatient, and hot-headed. But you know what, my brothers and sisters, even back then, he was also a man of perseverance, almost incredible perseverance, which is probably one of the biggest reasons why Jesus Christ chose him to be the first pope. You need a lot of perseverance you're going to be the Holy Father. Can you imagine how frustrating, how discouraging it can be at times to be the Pope, the spiritual leader of a community of faith that includes not only some of the best and greatest saints on the planet, but also some of the worst, some of the most reprehensible sinners on the planet. Someone once defined the Church, the Catholic Church, as, here comes everybody. And there's a lot of truth in that. Obviously, our present Holy Father, Benedict XVI, needs an immense amount of perseverance to lead the church in the midst of those circumstances. And so did Peter 2,000 years ago. And by the grace of God, he had it in great abundance, even before Jesus rose from the dead and poured out the Holy Spirit upon him and the other apostles at Pentecost. We see the perseverance of Peter throughout the Gospels, but especially, I think, in passages like the one we heard last Sunday and the one we just heard a few moments ago, these two passages from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Recall for a moment what we heard last Sunday in our scripture reading, in our Gospel. Jesus was with his apostles at Caesarea Philippi, and he asked them a big question, a key question, a crucial question, a decisive question. Who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and gave his famous answer. Without any hesitation, he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. To which Jesus immediately responded, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. My heavenly Father did. And so I say to you, You are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can you imagine how Peter felt on hearing those? He must have felt like a million bucks. I know I would have. Now, I'm sure Peter didn't fully understand what our Lord meant in telling him all these things. But he knew it sounded pretty good. Especially, I dare say, that part about the keys to the kingdom. I mean, he got 
gets to lock the door and unlock. That's pretty good stuff. Well, today's gospel reading picks up right where last week's left off. Jesus begins to tell his apostles what kind of Messiah he will be. A suffering Messiah. Not a great earthly ruler like King David, which was the kind of Messiah the Jews were expecting at the time. Someone who would get rid of the Romans who were oppressing them and make Israel a great earthly nation again. This was also the kind of Messiah Peter was expecting, which explains his reaction to this prophecy our Lord gives about his suffering and death. Peter says to him, in effect, no way, Jesus, that can't possibly happen to you. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're going to help us get rid of these pesky Romans and become a great nation again. You can't suffer like that and die. And as we heard a few moments ago, Jesus turns immediately on Peter and he says, Get behind me, Satan. Of all things, Satan. Why, oh why, did Jesus call Peter Satan? It's because at that moment, Peter was saying to Jesus exactly what Satan would have wanted him to say to Jesus. Satan, you see, did not want Jesus to go to that cross on Good Friday because Satan knew if Jesus died on that cross, his kingdom was finished. Since the sacrifice of Jesus would make it possible for every human being to avoid hell and go to heaven. This incidentally was the constant and most serious temptation that Jesus Christ faced during his time on earth. The temptation to abandon the mission the Father had given him and forget about the cross. That was the temptation Satan threw at him in the desert just before his ministry began. It was the temptation that Satan presented to him through the mouth of Peter at this event at Caesarea Philippi. And it was the last temptation Jesus faced on the cross. No, the last temptation of Christ had nothing to do with Mary Magdalene. Somebody needs to tell that to the director, Martin Scorsese, who made that terrible film about 20 years ago. Coming back now to Peter's dialogue with Jesus. Let me ask you all a question today. If you had been in Peter's shoes, what would you have done? How would you have responded to this rebuke from Jesus? Try to imagine this. Jesus, not only your friend, the Messiah, the only begotten Son of the Father. He doesn't just reprimand you. That would be bad enough. He doesn't simply tell you that you're wrong. That would have hurt, I'm sure. He actually goes so far as to call you Satan. He equates you, in some way, with the devil himself. I think most people, if they're really honest with themselves, would tell you that they would have been so undone, so completely devastated by these words of Jesus, that in all likelihood they would have walked away in despair and maybe never come back at all. 
I'll be honest with you, if I had been in Peter's shoes, I would at least have been tempted to respond in that way. Peter didn't. See, that's what's so amazing about the man. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't despair. In spite of the horrible feeling he must have had on the inside, he didn't walk away. Like that rich young man walked away when Jesus challenged him to give up all his possessions. Peter took the rebuke and he persevered. He kept on following the Lord. The man always did. Remember in John 6, when Jesus gave that magnificent sermon on the Eucharist, telling the people he was going to give them his body and blood to be their spiritual food and drink? What happened? Most of the people who heard Jesus that day freaked out. And many of them just walked away, including a lot of people who had been following him for months at least, and maybe even years up to that point. Not Peter. He persevered, as usual. When Jesus said to his apostles, are you guys going to leave me too? Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. We have come to believe, we are convinced that you are God's Holy One. Even on Holy Thursday, after he denied the Lord three times, he didn't give up. Judas did. Peter didn't. And let's remember, their sins were both grave. Both betrayed their Lord and Savior. Judas despaired, went out and hung himself. But Peter came back and repented. He always did. I mention this today because there are many, many times in our lives when we can be tempted to give up on God, to give up on our Catholic faith, when a loved one dies suddenly and unexpectedly, especially if it's a young person, when we come down with a serious disease, Parkinson's, cancer, heart disease, whatever it might be, when we're praying for something for a long, long, long time and God doesn't seem to be answering, when we find ourselves falling into the same sins over and over and over again, or when we lose some of our possessions in a hurricane. In situations like these, it would be very good to say a prayer to Peter, St. Peter, asking for his special intercession so that we might receive from God the grace we need, the grace of perseverance, a grace that he had, Peter had, in such great abundance. We need to pray because, and please hear this, even persevering people can be tempted at times not to persevere. You know, apparently that even happened to Peter, at least on one occasion. And I'll conclude with this. Some of you have probably heard this story. It's not found in the Bible, but in a very ancient Christian tradition. The event happened during the terrible persecution of the church under the Roman Emperor Nero. Peter, of course, was already Pope by then. He was the head of God's New Testament people. But in the midst of all of this persecution, the violence, the confusion and such, 
Apparently, Peter decided that enough was enough. So the story is told that he left the city. He abandoned his post and his flock in fear, and he fled from Rome on the famous, famous Appian Way. Well, as he was going along, he happened to run into somebody. The somebody was Jesus. Jesus was walking in the opposite direction toward the city. Well, Peter was shocked, of course. And he said to him in Latin, Covadis Domine, where are you going, Lord? And Jesus responded, I'm going to the city of Rome to be crucified again. Well, Peter got the message. He turned around. He went back. And, of course, he courageously led the church until he was martyred, crucified upside down in that area now known to the world as St. Peter's Square. People who persevere can sometimes be tempted, even strongly tempted, not to persevere. But in the end, by the grace of God, they remain faithful, just like Peter.